there's a song and a melody ringing out in my heart today. It's a song of a heart that's been changed, a glorious song of praise. When I was lost, you came and you found me. When I was found, you set me free. Now I want to give you all of the glory for all that you've given to me. All the glory, all the honor to your name. All the glory, all the honor to your name. We give you the glory. Come on, let's give Him praise. We give you the glory. Let's have all of our members to stand. If you're a first-time visitor, would you just remain seated for just a moment? And the ushers have a little packet we want to give to you. And then once you get that, you can go ahead and stand with the rest of us. But we have a little few things we want to give to you, some information about the church. And we want to learn about you and send you some more information. But we're glad you're here. We have gathered today to give glory to the Lord. Amen. That's what we're here for, to praise Him, to worship Him. And to give him thanks. We're going to talk about Thanksgiving in a little while, but we have so much to be thankful for today. Amen? And I want us to give him praise today. Let's have the men that will, anyone that wants to come, let's just gather around the altar here and just take this service to the Lord. And we need the Lord and we want to come to the Lord and seek his face for this service. What folly it would be to even try to have service without at least asking the Lord to be with us. And so let's pray. Father, today in Jesus' name we come to give you the glory father from a soul that has been redeemed by the shed blood of jesus christ we come with grateful hearts and overflowing hearts today 
And may we show our praise and our thanksgiving to you in the way we worship today. So touch the service today. Move in every heart. Meet every need. Glorify yourself. And we'll thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. And for his sake we pray. Amen. Let's sing and worship the Lord. I am thine, O Lord. I have heard thy voice and you call thy love to me. But I long to rise in the arms of men and be closer drawn to thee. From me nearer, nearer, blessed Lord, to fellowship one with another today.
Thank you. May be seated. Let's let our ushers come forward to receive her offering. And for those that are visiting with us, we're so thrilled to have you. And if you received a little packet a moment ago, you'll find on the inside there's a little guest card. If you'll take that out and just fill it out and drop an offering plate in a few moments, we'd appreciate it so much. And uh, as I said earlier, we want you to get to know us. We'll send you some information this week about the church. And as well, we want to get to know you. But we're certainly thrilled to have you here. Many I've already met this morning. Good to have some friends of the Yarboroughs here from Iowa. Good to have them today. They've been with us before. And then the Krajewskis, this is their second Sunday with us. Good to have them back. And the Westmorelands, good to have them here today. This is their first time to be with us. And others that are visiting, we appreciate all of you being here today and want you to make yourself at home at Temple. And so let me just make mention a couple of things. Add to your hospital list Frank Rosser. He is at Erlanger Hospital having some more heart trouble. So remember Frank. And then don't forget next Sunday at 2.30 is the rally at the Roundhouse. And this is to show our support to our county commissioners in uh, putting the uh, Ten Commandments up. And so that's next Sunday afternoon at 2.30 to 4.30. And so I hope that every one of you would plan on going and plan on being there next Sunday afternoon. And we'll try to get through here. Uh, the choir's going to be singing there, so they got to go set up. So. I'm going to try to get you out by at least a quarter to one. That'll give you plenty enough time to get down there and set up. 2.30 next Sunday, don't forget that. And then also next Sunday night, if I'm not mistaken, is our children's Christmas program. I believe that is right. And so we'll be having that in the evening service as well. And then all the deacons, if you'll meet me in the upper room at 6 o'clock, we won't spend some time in prayer this afternoon. So all the deacons meet me at 6 o'clock in the upper room. Let me encourage you in your giving and uh, be faithful in your giving. Of course, as all of you know or most of you know, we're in a building program in the early stages of it, getting it all together right now. And Lord willing, Lord willing, uh, I will be able to show you next Sunday night uh, some of the things that are going on. We'll get to be getting our first schematic drawings and sketches and, and pictures of it. And uh, Lord willing, nothing don't happen. I'll be able to show these to you next Sunday night. Many have asked a lot of questions about it. Where is it going to go? What is it going to look like? Uh, we're going to be able to show you that next Sunday night. So we're really excited about that. So don't uh, forget that. But I want to encourage you to give. You're giving is so critical to our future. It's so critical what's going on now. And uh, we're thankful. I am very pleased with the way you give. Someone showed me a bulletin here from 1989 this morning as I came in. And our offering on that Sunday was $3,900. And, and that was 1989. What's so thrilling about it is just this past year, our contributions went over a million dollars for the year. Isn't that exciting? I think that's something we ought to give the Lord praise for. Thank the Lord for it. Everything is up. Missions, are everything about, all things are good. And all of this is critical to uh, the foundation and laying and getting ready for this new building, your weekly giving. And I want to encourage all of you to give. If you give, thank you for giving. If you've never learned the blessing of giving, let me encourage you to learn to begin to trust the Lord with your giving, to obey the Lord in your giving. And everybody give every week. Some of you give every other week, according on how you're paid. But just give and be faithful to the Lord, and God will bless you. And it'll, be, it'll go a long way in us being ready after the first of the year to begin laying and getting all this together. 
And then also any special gift to the building program. As you know, we take our fifth Sundays. We're dedicating those to the building program. We have one coming up in December. And we're going to have a, our last Sunday this, that year to, this year to give to the building program. So I hope you'll pray about a special gift on the last Sunday of December. And then as I mentioned last week, if you want to give a special gift in memory of someone, uh, Sunday a week ago, I believe it was, someone gave a gift of... Uh, to uh, the Golden Agers gave a gift in memory of Eva DeBoard. Also, someone gave me a check this morning of $100 in memory of Eva DeBoard. If you want to give a gift in memory of someone, we'll make sure that, uh, that it's recognized. And when we move into the new building, there'll be something there in the lobby, the hallway, that'll recognize every gift, regardless of what size it is, in memory to someone that goes to the building for program. So if you want to give in memory of someone, you feel free to do so, and we'll keep a record of that. And there's a lot of things we'll be presenting to you in the weeks to come about different things you may want to do. Uh, there, you can, if you want to buy a pew and dedicate that in memory of someone, we'll uh, honor that or do that, and we'll put a little plaque on the end, you know, how we normally do that. There's a lot of things. Just put this way. Any way I can get money from you, I'm going to do it. Say amen right there. Someone gave me a little thing a few weeks ago, and it's talking about a church and a building program, and the pastor got up and he said, I've got good news and bad news for you today. He said, the good news is we have all the money we need for a new building. And everybody went, amen. He said, the bad news is it's in your pocket. So <laughs> this morning, I want you to know we got all the money uh, to you give and be faithful in your giving. It is exciting, amen. And again, I can't wait till you see it. And you begin to see, get a picture of it. I will be able to show you the floor plans and, and a sketch of the exterior next Sunday night. You're going to be amazed. You're going to be excited when you see it. We're just thrilled about it. And other things we're praying about, God has been working this week. And I've been amazed that this week that God can furnish a table in the wilderness and just keep on praying. Let's pray now. Father, thank you for all you're doing. And we rejoice the privilege of being able to give to you. So, fathers, we come this morning. We thank you for what you blessed us with this week. We thank you, Lord, for the health and the strength that you gave us to be able to work our jobs. Thank you for the jobs you have given us. And, Father, we realize that everything we received this week was a gift from you. Even though we worked, yet you provided the health and the strength to work. And so it all comes from you. So today, Lord, we, as an expression of our appreciation for what you gave us this week, we give a portion of that back to you. Just say, Lord, we love you and we thank you. Father, accept our giving today as an expression of our praise. And may it be one of gift of such size that it does express how we feel about being your child. Bless the offering, the service in Jesus' name. Amen.
this one thing I know my Savior pardoned me and now I onward go I know he'll take me through I'm traveling to that shore and I can't feel at home in this world Bye.
be no dying, no more trouble or strife. We will live through the ages by that beautiful tree of life. Welcome, glad tomorrow with the saints I'll stand. I'll put on my crown and walk around all over God's promised land. child of God, God promises we're going to make it. No matter what you're going through, in the end we're going to make it. One day we're going to be in heaven and all of our troubles are going to be over. of this life I have already come but he keeps on giving the grace and the strength to just keep pressing on he's given a promise and I'm gonna stand on every word his word has said and holding his hand i'll never fear whatever lies ahead we're gonna make it he's already said we 
If you would, find that tape up there for Brother Ronnie. Every need supplied. Let's have it. That's Brother Ronnie. If you'll come on. As most of you here know, you hold that just a minute. You hold that just a minute, Rick. As most of you here know, I lost my father last week 
there's a scripture in the Bible that says, The Lord giveth, and the Lord taketh away. And I respect that today. Dad was a good man. He was a deacon in the church, and he worked hard in his church. And he was a good father, and I'm thankful for that. But he's gone on to be with the Lord, and I know where he is right now. No doubt in my mind about it. So the Lord taketh away. And some of you might know that we have been in a custody battle for my grandson for the past year. And this week, the judge gave us full custody. <laughs> Praise his name. Praise his name this morning. He's still God. He's still on the throne. He's still my God. And I love and I trust him this morning with all my heart and with all my soul. He supplies my need not because he has to, but because he wants to. As his child, as his child, he supplies my needs. <laughs> Praise his name. Go ahead, Rick. Praise his name this morning. He is worthy of our praise. the name Wow. 
cleansing sweet peace inside every need is supplied hallelujah sing with me Every need in your life will be supplied according to his riches in glory. For my God is the God of all gods, and he's still on the throne. He's my Savior today, tomorrow, and through all eternity. Once I was straying, in sin's dark valley no hope where they could I see you remember but they searched through heaven
sing it with me. Oh, what a Let's all stand, if you would, please. Folks, I want you to know this morning we are going to make it. Do you believe that? And the reason I know we're going to make it is because this book right here says we're going to make it. Amen? You believe that? We know we're going to make it. I want you to take your Bible and turn to Luke 17. We'll look at a few verses there in just a moment. We're going to pray as some folks here pray. And I want them to pray as long as they want to pray. And folks, the Lord knows what to say to us. He knows when to say it. And I thank Him for it. Let's pray now. And pray with these that have come and these that are still in the altar. And then we'll look in God's Word this morning for just a moment. Our Father, this morning we thank You for the wonderful promises of Your Word. Father, we thank You for those promises that we have been reminded of in song today thank you for music thank you for the gift of music thank you for our music here but I thank you Lord for the promise and the truth of God that has been communicated through music today to remind us Lord that we are going to make it and to remind us Lord that your promises are true and that you will provide our ever need you said so in your word and we know that you'll meet our needs because your word says you'll meet our needs. And so, Father, we thank you for that. We thank you, Lord, that we're not alone. We thank you, Lord, that we don't have to face life by ourselves or in our own self. But I thank you, Lord, that we, can, we have your promises that assures us that you are with us, that your kindness will never depart from us. And there's never a moment, Lord, that you ever abandon us or for, forsake us or fail us. For these things we give you thanks and we praise you for your word. Now, Father, this morning and these few moments now as we look at your word, teach us to be thankful. Help us to appreciate all that you have done. Use this wonderful example of one leper that teaches us to be thankful to you. And we'll praise you and thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Luke 17, are you glad you've come this morning? Say amen. I want you to look at one verse of Scripture. And while you're finding your place in Luke 17, uh, let me just make mention of the insert that you have in your bulletin today. Just put that in the back of your Bible or put it somewhere in your Bible and we'll give you instructions about what you will do with that tonight and over the course of the next several weeks. Luke 17, 17. We've been looking at questions in the Bible. We've looked at six of them. I want you to look at a seventh one this morning and I think it is fitting on this particular Sunday. Luke 17, 
verse 17. Jesus answering said, Were there not ten cleansed? Now here's the question. But where are the nine? Now here's the question Jesus asked. We'll look at the context in a moment. But he said, Were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? That's the question I want to ask and try to answer this morning. Thank you. you may be seated. Let's pray and then we'll look in God's Word. Our Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for your Word. We thank you, Lord, for the truth of your Word. And we again ask you to fill me now with your Holy Spirit that we might hear from you through your Word. Thank you for what you've already done. Continue to work now, and we'll thank you and praise you, for it's in Jesus' name we pray and ask these things. Amen. As you all know, this past Thursday we celebrated a national day of thanksgiving. But let me just say this by way of introduction, then I'm going to get right into the message. Thanksgiving for believers should not be one day a year. But thanksgiving for believers should be every day of the week. And we all have so much to be thankful for. And thanksgiving in our life as a child of God ought to be something that occurs every day. We find the question being asked in Luke 17, 17, but where are the nine? And we find that this question addresses the issue of thanksgiving and whether or not we are grateful for the Lord's mercies that are experienced in our life. Saying that, I want us to look at the story this morning. It's a very familiar story. And there are three things that I want you to notice with me. The first being this. I want you to notice and think with me what was sought by the ten lepers. What was sought by the ten lepers? You see, in Luke 17, the context of our text is verses 11 through 19. And in verses 11 through 19, we have the story of ten lepers. The Bible describes how Jesus is passing through Samaria and how as he entered into a certain village, there were ten lepers that met him. Now think with me for just a moment about these lepers. First, I want you to think with me about their condition. Verse 12 tells us that these men were lepers. Look at Luke 17, 12. The Bible said, As he, that is the Lord Jesus, as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. Now you'll find that leprosy in the Bible is a type of sin. It was a terrible disease. William Barclay says that in the New Testament, there is no disease regarded with more terror or more pity than leprosy. But leprosy in the Bible is always taken as a type of sin. I think about what Habershon in his book on the study of the type said. He said that leprosy represents the corruption of sin. And it represents the activity and the progress of sin in our life. You see, leprosy is a type of sin. And it reminds us, and a leper is always an illustration of what sin does in the life of an individual. You notice verse 12, the statement there, they stood afar off. Now, there was a reason why these leopards stood afar off. Luke 13, uh, not Luke, but Leviticus chapter 13, describes the law of the leper. And there the Bible tells us that whenever a leper was diagnosed with leprosy, that the priest would pronounce him unclean. And he was isolated and separated. He was told he had to dwell without the camp or outside the camp. And whenever anyone would come near him, he had to cry out, unclean, unclean, 
which would be a warning to others that he was a leper. And he was done so in order that no one else would come in contact with him and catch the terrible disease of leprosy. A leper had to live in isolation. A leper had to live in separation. And so these ten lepers, as they came out to meet Jesus, they came to meet him, but they stood afar off as was required by the law. Again, leprosy in the Bible is a type of sin. It reminds us that when we are lost, that we are separated from God. You see, when a man is unsaved, you might say that he is a spiritual leper. Not physical, but a spiritual leper. That is, he's separated from God. If you've never been saved and you do not know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you do not have a relationship with God today. You cannot have fellowship with God because we are separated from God. Sin separates a man from God. But furthermore, the progression of leprosy reminds us of how sin destroys our life. You see, there was this pitiful condition of leprosy. And as, it, as one and the longer it went, the worse that it got. And he reminds us of how when we're in sin, how sin, how it wrecks our lives and how it ruins our lives. And it gets worse and worse and worse. There is no human cure. That is the condition of these lepers. But notice something else. Second of all, notice their cry. Look at verse 13. Here are ten lepers now. But listen in verse 15 to the cry. The Bible said, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Now here are these ten lepers. They are helpless and they are hopeless. The dreadful disease of leprosy is eating away at their body every day. And I can in my mind's eye see them in their hideous condition. Maybe some of them, they have no fingers or toes and they have nothing but nubs for hands and feet. In my mind's eye, I can imagine some of the others, their disfigured faces and their disfigured bodies. Ten lepers that are shunned and discarded by society. They are the refuge of humanity. But here they are and they cry out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. I don't know about you, but I well remember that day on April the 2nd, 1972, when I cried out to the Lord for mercy. I came to an old-fashioned altar much like this. I was a spiritual leper, and my stage of leprosy was a serious stage. I was but 16, but I was in terrible condition. But that Sunday morning I knelt, and I cried out for the Lord to have mercy on me. And thank God, He did have mercy. But I remind you this morning that you are a leper. If you've never been saved, you are a leper. Now you say, Brother Kent, but I'm not all that bad. I've never really done bad things. And it's, not, it's, it's, it's a matter of the stage of leprosy. You see, leprosy usually began as a little white spot or a white patch on the skin. And then it would progress and develop into putrefying sores that would eat away certain parts of the body. Now, you may not have been as bad as I was, and you may not have been as bad as someone else, but the only difference between me and you was the stage of leprosy in our lives. We were all lepers before God saved us, but we cried out to Him for mercy. We all needed mercy. But look at the third thing. You not only see their condition and their cry, but in verse 14, you find their cleansing. The Bible said, And when He, that is the Lord Jesus... When he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourself unto the priest. And it came to pass, look at this, that as they went, they were cleansed. Under the Mosaic law, the lepers 
did not go to a priest, but rather the priest was sent to the leper. And if a leper had reason to believe that for some reason he had been miraculously clean, he would, someone would let the priest know. The priest would come and declare him clean. He did not first go to the priest, but the priest went to him. But Jesus reversed the order. And he told these ten lepers to go to the priest. And the Bible tells us that as they were going, they were suddenly cleansed and they were suddenly healed. He said, go to the priest. And you know what they did? They took Jesus at his word. They believed what he said. And the result was they were cleansed. Do you remember when you cried out for mercy? You remember that Sunday morning, Sunday night, or a Monday night, or whatever it, what day it was? You remember when you cried out to God? You were a helpless, hopeless, pitiful sinner, but you cried out for mercy. And what did he do? Thanks be to God, he gave you mercy, and he cleansed you from your sin. We'd all sing today, oh, happy day, oh, happy day, when Jesus washed my sins away. There may be someone here today, your life is in shambles. There may be some of you today, nobody knows the mess that your life is in. You say, Brother Ken, my life is a mess, like leprosy progressing. My life has got worse and worse and worse. Well, I've got good news for you today. I know somebody that'll cleanse you. I know somebody that'll show you mercy. I know somebody, if you'll come to him and you'll simply cry out for mercy, he'll show you mercy. Can I get an amen right there? There's the lepers all ten of them, and what they saw, they sought mercy. But look at something else. Not only do you see what was sought by the ten lepers, but second of all, I want you to notice what was spoken by the one leper. Now, there were ten lepers that sought mercy, but there was one leper in verse 15 and 16 that came back and said something to Jesus. Look at verse 15 and 16. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Now, you can only begin to imagine how excited all ten lepers were. They were lepers, cut off from everybody else. They had to stay away from everybody else. They were dying by degrees every day, but now all of a sudden they're healed. Can you imagine how excited they were? Can you imagine how excited they were when all of a sudden they were cleansed and healed? You can only begin to imagine. But ten of them were healed, but there is one that comes back to Jesus. And when we see him coming back or returning, he is expressing his gratitude and he's expressing his thanksgiving to the Lord Jesus for what he had done for him. Now look at his praise and look at his gratitude for a moment. I want you to look at it. First, I want you to see that there was a public expression of his gratitude. Now get this. I want you to see in verse 15 there was a public expression of his gratitude. Have you been, have you, have you been saved today? Have you been saved? Has the Lord showed you mercy? I want you to look at this. For you find the one leper coming back expressing his gratitude and you find a public expression of that gratitude. Look at verse 15 again. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed turned back, and look at this next statement, and with a loud voice glorified God. Now, I want you to under, underscore that last statement there. With a loud voice, he glorified God. I love that statement. I want you to look at it for just a moment. You know, when the Bible said that he, with a loud voice he glorified God, it's talking about he, how he expressed his gratitude. You see there that he, was, he glorified God. 
In other words, that's just another way of saying that he gave praise to God. When the Bible said that he glorified God, it's simply saying that he was praising the Lord for what he had done for him. But notice how he prays. He glorified God, but he glorified God with his voice. It was more than something he felt on the inside. Someone says, oh, Brother Ken, but I'm such a reserved person. And I'm such a quiet person. I'm not like other people. This one leper here, he was healed and cleansed, and he praised God, but he articulated his praise. He expressed his praise in words. And furthermore, notice this. Boy, this would upset a few Baptist churches. He expressed his praise with a loud voice. The word indicates that his praise was more than just raising his voice a bit. He praised God at the top of his voice. Now get the picture. He is going down the road, and all of a sudden he is cleansed, and he starts back, and as he goes back, he is glorifying God with a loud voice. He's shouting all the way back to the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm sure here's someone, I'm sure everybody saw him glorifying God because I'm sure he was jumping and running and clapping his hands, but I don't know if they saw, but I can guarantee you one thing. Everybody heard him praising God. He had been cleansed and everybody was hearing him praise the Lord. I think about this matter of praising God. I think about this public expressions of our praise. I think about our services here. And I think sometimes when people visit here, it's not quite what they expect. Now, for the most part, people love it. They come, they love the light, they love the excitement, they love the music. They especially love the preaching. Can I get an amen right there? But they come. And I don't know how many times we've had out-of-town visitors here that said to me, oh, I wish our church was like yours and folks were, uh, would, were more open like your people were. For the most part, people love it. But once in a while, it's a little different from someone. For we do things a little different. When we sing, we clap our hands. When something good happens, we clap our hands. When somebody gets saved, we clap our hands. When somebody gets baptized, we clap our hands. When somebody testifies, we clap our hands. When I'm preaching, and sometimes when I say something good, you'll clap your hands. And may I say today, you ought to, and you should never be inhibited about clapping your hands. For the Bible said in Psalm 47, 1, Oh, clap your hands, all ye people, and shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph. Our services, people lift their hands. During the singing, people lift their hands. During the preaching, people lift their hands. They'll, sometimes they'll lift one hand. Sometimes they'll lift two hands. And may I say, you ought to lift your hands. And you should never be inhibited to lifting your hands. For the Bible said in Psalm 134, 2, lift up your hands in the sanctuary and bless the Lord. Amen. In our services, you'll hear people shout. During the singing, you'll see people stand on their feet once in a while. Lift their hands and let loose the spiritual war hoop. Once in a while during the preaching, there have been a few of you that have stood up and shouted. There have been a few times around here when I've practically seen this whole church on their feet shouting. And again, may I say, you ought to. And you should never be inhibited in shouting because the Bible said in Psalm 32, 11, Be glad in the Lord and rejoice, you righteous, and shout for joy. Yes. In our services, you see people come to the altar. And you see them come to the altar all times during the service, just like today. And there are times people get up out of their seats when the choir is singing, they come to the altar. And there are times people get up and come to the altar during special singing. 
I've seen people come to the altar here during congregational singing. I've seen them once in a while get up even before I got through preaching and come to the altar. And people come to the altar here, not just at the end of the service, but any time during the service. And may I say, if God speaks to your heart, I don't care if it's at the beginning or the end. I want you to meet God. You come on and meet God. That's what I want you to do. But may I say you ought to, and you should never be inhibited about coming to the altar. For the Bible said in Psalm 95, 6, Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. In our services, you'll hear people say amen. And I all the time, I'm all the time asking you, will you say amen? What does the word amen be? So be it. I agree. And may I say you ought to, and you should never be inhibited about saying amen. For the Bible said in Psalm 106, 48, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel from everlasting to everlasting, and let all the people of the earth say amen. Praise ye the Lord. You'll see people get up and testify. And you ought to, and you should never be inhibited about testifying. For the Bible said in Psalm 107, taught to let the redeemed of the Lord say so. What am I talking about? We call our services around here a celebration. And there is a reason why we call our services a Sunday celebration. Because it reflects what we feel a church service ought to be and what our church services are around here at Temple Baptist Church. When you come here on Sunday morning, you're not seeing a bunch of innocent, sinless little dolls that have never made a mistake in their life. What you see here is a bunch of spiritual lepers that one day cried out to Jesus for mercy and he saved them by the grace of God. I'll tell you today, we have got a reason to celebrate and it's because God showed us mercy one day. You should never be inhibited or ashamed or hesitant to ever publicly express your praise to God. We have a reason to celebrate and glorify His name. He saved us. And that's all the reason you need. There was a public expression of His praise. But look at the second thing. There was a personal expression of His praise. For you find in verse 17, the Bible said that He fell down on His face at His feet, giving Him thanks and he was a Samaritan. He shouted all the way back with a loud voice, glorifying God, praising God that he was cleansed. And when he got back to Jesus, the Bible said that he fell down on his face and he began to give thanks to the Lord. Now I can see him on his face, tears streaming down his feet, or tears streaming down his face and on the feet of our Lord as he says over and over again, Thank you, Lord, for cleansing me. Thank you, Lord, for healing me. Thank you, Lord, for what you've done for me. Are you listening to me this morning? Every one of us in this room today has so much to be thankful for. We have so much to be thankful about. We could never thank our, enough, our Lord enough for loving us. We could never thank our Lord enough for saving us. We could never thank Him enough for cleansing us. We could never thank Him enough for changing us. If I were to spend every waking moment of my life on my knees thanking Him, I could never thank Him enough for saving me. 
We have so much to be thankful for. Thursday was Thanksgiving Day, but may I say that in the life of a child of God, Monday is a Thanksgiving Day. Tuesday is a Thanksgiving Day. Wednesday is a Thanksgiving Day. Thursday is a Thanksgiving Day. Friday is a Thanksgiving Day. Saturday is a Thanksgiving Day. And Sunday is a Thanksgiving Day. God has been so good to us. We have so much to be thankful for. I remember years ago hearing a story about a construction worker with the name of Johnny. And he happened to be with the company. They were working downtown on a building. And the building was just a few blocks from this large city church. And one day the pastor of this large city church walked into the sanctuary and there he saw sitting there a construction worker in his dirty clothes with a hard hat on. And he walked up to the fellow and he said, May I help you? And he looked up at him and said, Mister, I ain't never been in a church like this. He said, I was raised back up there in the mountains. And he said, we didn't have churches like this. He said, my mom and Paul never did take me to church, but I just wanted to come by. It's my lunch break, and I just wanted to come by and see what a church like this looks like. And the pastor said, what's your name? He said, my name is Johnny, sir. And the pastor said, well, Johnny, you look around all you want to. In fact, the pastor began to show him around, told him about different things. And then Johnny looked at him and said, Mister, can you tell me something about your God? And so the pastor began to talk to Johnny about his God. After a little while, Johnny looked at his watch and he said, I got to get back to work, but will it be all right if I come back tomorrow and talk to you some more about God? About your God? He said, you come back as much as you want to, anytime you want to. And for days, every day, during his lunch break, Johnny would leave, go down to that church and go in there and talk to that preacher about God. And one day, Johnny bowed his head and he asked the Lord Jesus Christ to save him. Johnny said to the preacher, he said, do you mind if I come over here during my lunchtime? It only takes me about 10 or 15 minutes to eat. And he said, I'd like to just come over here and just talk to the Lord a little bit. And the pastor said, Johnny, you come over here all you want to. And for weeks and weeks and weeks, Johnny would take his lunchtime, come to the church auditorium, and there he would spend his lunch. One day the pastor was in the auditorium when Johnny came in, and Johnny didn't see him come in. And the pastor stood back there and just watched him. He walked down the front, took off his hard hat, and laid it on the bench, and then he got on his knees. Now, Johnny's an uneducated person. He's an unlettered person. He didn't know how to pray all those fancy prayers such as, Thou great Jehovah, Thou that swooped out the mountains and piled up, uh, swooped out the valleys and piled up the mountains. He didn't know any of them fancy prayers. He got on his knees and this is how he prayed. Jesus, this is Johnny. I don't want anything today. I just want to come tell you I love you. I just want to come tell you that I thank you for saving me. Lord Jesus, I've got to go back to work now, but I just wanted to once again just say I love you, and, and Jesus, thank you for saving me. This is Johnny. I'll talk to you tomorrow. May I say to you today what some of us ought to do is get off our high horse and get off our little dignified stance and get on our knees and say, Jesus, this is Ken. One day I was lost and going to hell, but you love me and you save me by the grace of God. You ought to get on your face and say, Lord, I thank you, I thank you, I thank you. God has been so good to us. Think about it. We were lepers. We were dying and on our way to hell. But one day Jesus passed by and we cried out for mercy and he cleansed us. That's a reason to be thankful. If God never did one more thing for us, 
We've got enough in just being saved to give him praise the rest of our life. There is his thanksgiving. But a third and a final thing. Look at it. You see what was sought by the ten lepers and what was spoken by the one leper. But look at what was shown by the nine lepers. Jesus said in verse 17, Were there not ten cleansed? Now all ten of them cried out for mercy. All ten of them got mercy. All ten cried out to Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And Jesus cleansed all ten. But only one came back to give him thanks. And Jesus asked the question, But where are the nine? All ten had... had, had same thing happened to all ten that happened to the one. Same thing happened to every one of them, but only one of them came back to personally thank Jesus for what he had done. And Jesus asked the question, But where are the nine? He said, Why didn't they come back? I did the same thing for them that I did for this one. And this is the only one that's come back. But where are the nine? You see in their actions and absence, you see something that is being shown. Two things, I'm about through. Write these two things down. And here's what they showed. And their failing to come back, they first showed a thoughtless heart. Now again, I'm sure they were just as excited as the one. They had to be. Wouldn't you be? If you were a leopard and leprosy ate away your fingers and leprosy ate away your toes and leprosy was eating away your nose and all of a sudden you're crawling to the priest and all of a sudden you're healed, your toes come back, your fingers come back, your disfigurement is cured and whatever, would you not be excited? They were all ten excited. But you know what they did? They got so excited about what happened to them, they forgot about the one that had done it to them. They got so excited about the gift... They forgot all about the giver. They got so excited about their healing that they forgot about the healer. They showed a thoughtless heart. Now listen to me. It is so easy for us to forget what God has done for us. If you've been saved for a period of time, it is very easy to forget what you used to be. And it is very easy to forget where you were and the miserable, pitiful condition you were in when God saved you. You get in church and you have a new life and you start growing in the Lord, you start working in church, you get involved. It is very easy for you to forget what God has done for you. But I want you to listen to Psalm 103 and verse 2. The psalmist said, Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits. May God help us. Listen to me. May God help us never to forget who we were when God saved us. May God help us never to forget the pitiful condition we were in when God saved us. I don't care how much God blesses our life and what God does with our life. May we never forget we were nothing but a spiritual leper when God found us and saved us. He showed a thoughtless heart. Second of all, they showed a thankless heart. For not only were they so wrapped up in their healing, they forgot the healer. They did not return to express their gratitude and their thankfulness to Jesus Christ. I'm not a Shakespeare fan. Not at all. But in the twelfth night, he made the statement, I hate ingratitude more in a man than lying, vainness, babbling, and drunkenness. And I believe God feels about the same way about ingratitude in our life and being ungrateful. After all God has done for us, an ungrateful heart can be nothing less than sin. 
Would you not agree? That if we as a believer, God has saved us by His grace, God has showed us His mercy, and we forget what He has done for us, and we fail to come back and to thank Him and to thank Him for what He's done, I believe that is a sin in the eyes of God, and it grieves the very heart of God. You think about the nine. And you think about these nine that failed to come back. And I'm reminded how we are so often like the nine. You take our prayer time. What do we often do in prayer? It is always, Lord, give me, give me, give me. It is me, my, what I'm going through, what I need in my life. It is just give me, give me, give me, give me. And so little of our prayer time is on our face just thanking him for what he's done for us. Thanking him that he didn't, that he saved us. Thanking him that he didn't let us go to hell. Thanking him that he loved us. When we were ugly, filthy, lepers on our way to hell, he loved us anyway. And we ought to thank him for it. I think about these lepers, and I want to put just two little thoughts on the screen here for you. I think, first of all, we were all like the ten. We were all like the ten. Would you not agree? Every one of us, I don't care who you are, what side of the road you grew up on, what side of town you grew up in, we were all like the ten. We were lepers. Some, the stage was worse than others, but we were all lepers. But the issue is this. We were all like the ten. But today, are we like the one or are we like the nine? Are we like the one or are we like the nine? Are we like the nine that had been healed but yet were so thoughtless and so thankless? Or are we like the one that was so grateful that he was not ashamed to give praise to his God and he came with a grateful heart and with a thankful heart? I think Thanksgiving in our country this year had a little different meaning than Thanksgiving did last year. And I think people approach Thanksgiving this year with a different attitude. And we have a lot to be thankful for in this country. We have much to be thankful for in this country. But there is nobody that has any more to be thankful for than us hell-deserving, hell-bound sinners that God saved with the grace of God. And the least that we can do is to be grateful for what God has done. I want you to stand to your feet. Here's my question. We are all like the ten, but today are we like the one or are we like the nine? We're singing just, I know this is Sunday morning, and I know that some that they're very, they have no problem about coming to the altar, and some rarely come, and some may never come especially on a Sunday morning. But I'm going to ask you to do something today. First of all, I want you to ask yourself, one, have I ever been saved? Was there ever a time in my life I realized I was lost and I came to Jesus Christ and He saved me by His grace? Then I'm going to tell you something. You've got something to thank God for. You've got a reason to praise God for it. As I said a moment ago, it comes to our church here. Listen, you've got a reason to say amen. You've got a reason to lift your hand. You got a reason to praise the Lord with your voice. You got a reason for it. And you should never be inhibited in doing so. But you've got a personal reason to fall on your face and thank God for it. How long has it been since you got on your knees and you didn't ask God for one thing like Johnny? Johnny, this is Jesus, this is Johnny. I didn't come to ask you for anything today, but I just want to come tell you I love you. I just want to come tell you today that I thank you for saving me. When was the last time? 
You got on your face and you said, Lord, I'm not coming to ask you for anything. I'm coming to thank you for saving me. I'm coming to thank you for cleansing me. I'm coming to thank you for what you've done for me. I've come to thank you for how you blessed my life. When's the last time you did that? I'm going to give you a chance to do it this morning. I'm going to ask you to come, everybody. I'm going to ask you to come. You have to go down the aisle, do so. But this is Thanksgiving weekend, following it up. And this ought to be a day of thanksgiving for the believer. Amen? This ought to be a day that we're grateful and thankful for God saving us. Don't ever get over it. Don't ever lose sight of what you used to have been, what you used to be, and what you are now. We owe it all to God's saving grace. That's enough to be thankful for. We sing in just a moment. I want you to come. I want you to get up out of your seat and come and kneel in this altar and get on your knees and thank God that one day that when he passed by your way, you cried out for mercy and he showed you mercy. Get on your knees and thank him for saving you. Thank him for loving you. Thank you. Thank him for saving you. Thank him for changing you. Thank him for cleansing you. Thank him today for what he's wrought in your heart. Thank him that you don't have to go to hell. Thank him that heaven is your home. Thank Him that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Thank Him today. Give Him thanks. Don't be like the nine. Be like the one. Give Him thanks. Tell Him that you're thankful. Father, this morning in Jesus' name, we come today, this Sunday morning, just to give you thanks. Father, let us be like the one. Don't let us be like the nine that say, but yet fails to show you our gratitude. Lord, let us all be like the one. We've all been saved. Again, Lord, accept our thanksgiving. We were no better than these ten. We were in the same spiritual condition they were in physically. But you had mercy on us and you saved us. And I want to thank you for it. I want to thank you, Lord, that Sunday morning in 1972 when I walked down that aisle and knelt on my knees, Lord, that you gave me mercy. And I want to thank you, Lord, for what you did for me that Sunday morning. And I want to thank you, Lord, for how you changed my life that day. And how you gave me something worth living for. And you put a purpose in my life and a joy in my life. You gave me something wonderful. I thank you for that today, Lord. Thank you for saving me. Today, Lord, may you hear the thanksgivings of your people as we thank you for what you've done. Bless today. Move today. In Jesus' name. 